I'm Autumn Brown, a fictional character in a soon-to-be top 10 Netflix release and blogger living on Dakota and Anishinaabe land, currently known as Minneapolis. And I am Adrian Marie Brown, a celestial being who has lost my way, but not my luminosity, currently living on the land of the Shikori, Skarure, Tuscarora, and Lumbee peoples known as Durham. And this is How to Survive the End of the World. Our podcast about learning from apocalypse with grace, rigor, and curiosity. And this is our All About Love season in honor of Bell Hooks. Uh, All about about love. love. And I am starting this episode yawning, which is not an indicator of how I feel about being here. I'm actually... So delighted to be here, but my nervous system is like discharging. <laughs> oh, wow. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I do think we're living such full lives these days. And I think the moments we get to be with each other, it's like, huh, ah. ooh, a lot has happened since the last moment I was with you. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> every single time. Like now when people are like, how are you? And I'm like, girl, do you have a year? I've got so much going on tell you um so why don't we just start there a little check-in how are you doing yanni one i'm so (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) okay can i so i'm gonna say one thing to our listeners so sometimes we have news that we cannot share with y'all and it shapes the energy of the show. Yes. Um, sometimes it's, you know, hard news and, and we're like s- sad news bears. And sometimes it's really, really good news. Yeah. And today, I think is a day where like, you definitely have some really great news that you can't, that I can't share. share. And, um, <laughs> and I have some good news that I'm not sharing yet. Um, and so it's just going to be like, just vibe off the yummy, yeah. you know, yeah. vibe off the yummy. Yep. It's giggly. It's wonderful. Um, and it's like, when the time comes, you know, someday there will come a time and then we'll share it and you'll be like, oh, that's what was happening. And you'll be like, that's mm-hmm. what was happening. It was like this good news moment. Yeah. Um, I, so, so yeah, thank you for offering just the context because I think I am in the zone. Right? <laughs> I was like, you're going to be I'm randomly giggling. <laughs> moment where I'm like, I can't believe my life right now. And yeah. so right now I am giddy. I'm feeling giddy yeah. and distracted and um, pleased and proud of myself um, and just a lot of gratitude. You know, I feel like I'm having one of those days where the universe is like, is like affirming my path, you know, mm-hmm. it's like that kind of those moments that you have in your life where it's like, oh, I, I have done a bunch of things in my life all of which have yeah. led up to, you know, not that, not that I, I don't necessarily see my life as like linear, but uh-huh. I do. I'm having one of those days where I'm like, oh, there's so many things that have happened over the last like 20 years that have led me to this moment of being able to say yes in a particular way. Um, mm. Yes to myself. Yes. Yes. In my career, you know, and mm-hmm. um yeah, it's just very, it's a really, really amazing feeling. So, 
Um, and also like the sun is out. It's like yes. going to be 70 yes. degrees here in Minneapolis Certainly. today. Uh, I just, I spent a bunch of time just now because I couldn't bring myself to like work because I'm so giddy and excited. I just like <laughs> sat on my porch, um, which I now have. And, um, oh, really? <laughs> it's like, it's I now have porch. this, oh, right. I now have this beautiful, like screened in three season porch, or I guess in Minnesota, it's more like two seasons, but, um, yeah, but, and I just like <laughs> sat outside just feeling the, just like slowing down and being with the sensation of being so giddy that I couldn't do anything else. Um, uh. which is a nice, it's a really good feeling. I'm in a good mood today. How are you? <laughs> oh, I'm, well, I mean, I'm very, you know, one of the nice things about having my version of hyper empathy <laughs> is that I really can feel so much <laughs> of what other people are feeling. <laughs> um, and I'm just sort of like, I feel so happy. <laughs> like, I feel so happy. I've been feeling happy for you for a couple of days and um, anticipation and joy. Mm -hmm. But also I feel my own happiness um, and my own um, presence. So I'm feeling this mm. immense like presence in my life these days. Um, after, you know, last fall was like an intense despair. Yeah. This spring has had a lot of change in it, like unexpected changes mm -hmm. and changes always come with grief, but they also come with opening. And I've really been feeling the like, oh, okay. So there's, opening here what is the opening available and i have traveled a lot like this past month i've probably traveled more than i well definitely traveled yeah. more than i have the last two years totally and um i came to see you i went to see our parents and while i was with our parents i took them to see toshi's parable of the sower opera mm. in boston a transcendent um, experience a transcendent experience, especially with our parents, oh, because they're gosh. just like, so if y'all think we're good at appreciating the moment, like that comes from somewhere. Yes, it does. So <laughs> our parents, like <laughs> it's really, it does come like, from one of, somewhere. I think it's, it really is one of their special gifts is like to go someplace with our parents, like the whole time it's just, we'll be like, I'm, I'm so glad we're together. Wow. This is so great. <laughs> I, I love this music. Uh, this Toshi's so talented. This I I love being with you guys oh, and I just I love this. I this love is so great so being much. together, right? I have so, so many that's... I have so many memories of dad of us like taking trips together <laughs> and yes. dad like looking around at whatever was is going on and being like this is for posterity. This is for posterity. <laughs> and I still think that to myself when I'm in the middle of experiences with my children. <laughs> this is for posterity. We'll remember this and like I actually had one of those snapshot moments. Um, there's this song in the opera, Has Anybody Seen My Father? Oh. And it's Lauren Olya Olamina. And she's just standing in the dark, you know, with just one spotlight on her singing this song where she almost seems to yodel or something with grief. Mm -hmm. Like I, I can't quite describe it, but it's just the most beautiful feeling. Um, and, you know, it just makes you think of that kind of parental love and loss. And I reached over, mom and dad were holding hands and I reached over and just like threaded my hand with theirs. And we just sat, the three of us holding each other, listening to this song. And like, oh. you know, my dad lost his mom when we were much younger, when I was like nine. And my mom lost her dad um, about nine years ago now, actually. Mm -hmm. 
And, um, and then I'm just getting this blessing, which I feel more and more aware of every time I'm with them of like getting to be with them, (laughs) you know, and like how many people don't get the privilege of getting to hold both parents' hands at the age of 43. Oh yeah. And it just was like such a beautiful thing to feel all the layers of awareness in that moment. Um, And I feel like my life has been like that a lot lately where it's just, I keep being in a moment and being like, this is temporary. This is right now. And it's great, you know, and like, let me just really be present. I also got to go to DC and among many fancy things that happened, I got to go see our sisters, (laughs) our sister April's home. I got to see the parables again. Mm -hmm. And this time I got to like hug everybody that was in the cast that I know, except for B. Steadwell, who was amazing. And I still haven't gotten to hug yet. Yeah. Um, And I got to meet Jacqueline Woodson. (laughs) What? I know. Way to bury the lead. You didn't tell me that. I'm just... (laughs) Literally so many good things were happening. <laughs> I also got to meet Tiffany Goucher, who's this incredible singer. Okay, um, wow. It was just like all Michaela Harrison came through, the whale what? singer. And she did whale song healing on me. It was just like okay. so much good. Okay. Okay. Holy, so holy moly. Wow. I keep feeling really infused with like blessings and blessings that require only that I be present to them. They are already happening. I just have to show up and be aware that they're happening. Yeah. Um, and a lot of healing is happening. Like literally things that have just been locked or stuck in my body for as long as I can remember are like shifting and moving. And wow. so, yeah. So my check-in is like I'm feeling very present and really good about being present. Aww. And, um, yeah. And this weekend I'm actually heading into a, I've crafted a silent meditation retreat for myself um, with like guidance from a lot of other people, Mm -hmm. but it'll be, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And are you, are you like doing um, like fully silent, including like no written communication with people? So that's the plan is all day on Saturday to um, gift myself. Like I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go for my swim as like my first activity (laughs) session. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just be alternating between 30 minute meditation sits and then breaks where I can do yoga or I can go for a walk or I can have a quiet meal. But every, every 30 minutes, then I'll do meditation. Um, yeah, so I'm really, I'm looking forward to, I'm a little nervous, you know, me and silence are like, what girl, <laughs> but, um, you're like, <laughs> like that so level, I can't you know, have like anything on Netflix going in the background. Right. Like, well, <laughs> normally I'm like, there's, sa- yeah, exactly. I noticed that lately that I'm like, I always have either a show on or there's a podcast going or I'm on the, you know, I get on the phone with someone yeah. like there's Same. just, you know, even when I'm swimming, I'm like, I'm listening to an audiobook. Like, I'm just like, I, my, I stay, you know, engaged in a certain way and even social media, all that, you know, there's just always some level of engagement. Yeah. And so this is really like, let me turn it in. Yeah. And we'll talk more about this and because today I think is a lot about all this. <laughs> like why I turn so deeply in. Why go um, why go in at all? <laughs> <laughs> why? Why go in? Um, and before we go in any further, 
is this a good moment to just remind people about our Patreon? I think so. so. I think any moment is I a good feel moment. Like any moment is a good one. So I'm going to just shout out all of the people who've been joining our Patreon. It makes us so happy. We got so many see patrons now. I know. I'm like, so y'all, y'all really about this relationship. That's what I see you investing in this it's relationship. It's a committed relationship. <laughs> um, so I feel like we're your, um, your primary podcast. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, or at least, you know, in your top primaries. Yes. Um, and that feels, it feels really good. And if you can't be a, a patron, we still love you and we're still really grateful yeah. that you're here. So no, no harm, no You're foul. no less valuable, even if you're not in a primary relationship with us. <laughs> yeah. Like you're technically less valuable, but you're not less valuable as a person. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> um, wow, <like>, Adrian. <laughs> well, we're just, I just want people to know, like, we're really still grateful you're listening, no. even if you don't contribute anything. Um, <laughs> but your listenership. I think I took it too far. Yeah. I don't know how to reel it Walk back. Walk it back. Okay. Adrian didn't okay. mean any of what she said. I'm at her face. I can I, tell that she did not mean it. I was it. like, no, <laughs> what I mean is anti-capitalism. Right. Um, anyway, <laughs> so. Um, anyway, so the important thing is give literally the only difference is that if you do become a patron, you get all these cool things, um, from us, including a mug, including art, including, uh, fat in the moon, um, like special discount code, Mm -hmm. um, including, a a tote bag if you want one, mm-hmm. a t-shirt if you want one. I have worn and used all of the products that we've created. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm walking around with the poster just like on my shoulder. Hey, hey. Um, so <laughs> like, not how that are you wearing that? that? <laughs> just, you didn't know that you could wear this, but, but it works as a put it in earring. <laughs> you can just hold it right here. I wish that sometimes we we could be seen because well you know just... what you know what Adrian something we haven't decided to do this <laughs> but something we could do for patrons is we could we could share video of us recording so we so might add have that. to stop recording naked <laughs> weird <laughs> well <laughs> all right <laughs> awkward anyway so become a patron Adrian's naked I'm not I'm not naked. <laughs> I'm also not naked. No, Adrian's not naked. We would have to never consider ever doing that. Yeah. You're the only, you're the (laughs) only one who is considering it. So. I'm basically naked if I haven't put my face on. Right. (laughs) Which is all the time (laughs) because I've never, ever. The point is patreon.com slash end of the world show is where you can go and become a patron of the show. So y'all can literally feel the joy (laughs) in our lives right now Um, because listen how unhinged Autumn is. Um, (laughs) Way to blame the victim. (laughs) Listen, I feel like it's a good time for our flume of awe. Yeah, I feel like maybe if we flume the awe, then like we'll be able to settle down into the actual conversation that we need to have. Loving our bodies. Okay. All right, so... All right, why don't you tell me your flume okay. of awe first? Okay, I will tell you my flume of awe. Now, I will say, you already know this because I texted it to you and the fam this morning. Oh, I can't wait. But I want to I tell our 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 <laughs> listeners about it because, so my flume of awe is like, is a sort of double flume of awe of like, it's about the way that my child's brain works and also about mm. how accurate the Zodiac is. My youngest child, Maraid, is a Capricorn. 
And I had the most Capricornish conversation with this child on the way to school this morning. So we're driving to school and at one of the intersections that we stop at, there's a series of signs that are kind of like, you know, um, pushed into the grass around, you know, like the Basilica in Minneapolis uh-huh. it's, or the cathedral, whatever it's called, but the big church building in Minneapolis like Basilica, there's a Basilica in St. Paul, but I think the big one in Min- Minneapolis is a cathedral. But anyway, so there's this signage around it. That's like, um, advertising an auction that's going to be happening. And the auction is like, the sign <laughs> says like certified exceptional wealth auction. Like someone, someone's stuff who was like, you know, taken by the government for who knows what reason. And it's now being auctioned off. And then it lists some of the things that are being auctioned off, like Lamborghini, Rolexes, (laughs) Picasso, Dolly, Monet. And I'm looking at the side and I'm like, whoa, there's like, and I'm just processing out loud how weird it is. I'm like, whoa, it's like, there's an auction happening and they're someone's auctioning off a Picasso and a Dolly and a Monet. And, wow. and Mairead look turns and looks at me and is like, mom, do you want a Picasso? And I was like, <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want a Picasso, but like, I would never be able to afford a Picasso. And Mairead goes, well, you know, you don't actually have to buy one. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. Or she, she goes, you don't have to buy an original. <laughs> and I'm like, That's right. oh, That's right. I guess you're right. Like I could just buy a reprint of a Picasso and then hang it in the house. And then it would be like having the real thing. And she's like, or you could literally just like print it off, <laughs> like print it, print off an image of one on your printer and then frame it. You could also do that. But she's like looking out the window as she's saying it so matter of factly, you know, and I was just like, I love this child so much. Like, I love the way her brain works. I love how she's just like, or another solution to having the thing that you want is to take this other route. And here are the steps. And I just, I have so many conversations with her lately that are like that. And, and, um, Mm. and it mirrors so strongly with like the other Capricorns and the adult Capricorns in my life in terms of that, the ability to really pause and just think through step-by-step, how would you accomplish this thing? And then present that information as though like anyone, anyone would be able to understand this, you know? (laughs) And especially if it has to do with like something you want. Yeah. Just, you, you can just that. have the thing that you want. Mm-hmm. You can just have the thing that you want. And this child, and I love it too, because this is my child who like loves Gucci, who's like into <laughs> fashion. So I love that, that I love that, that that was the thing that they picked up on. I'm like, oh, you want a Picasso? You can have one. Yeah. <laughs> do you need that? You need that? That's, Here's that's, how we do that. Yeah. We can make that happen for you. Exactly. So that's my, like, that's my flume of awe. I'm just in awe of my own, uh, my own ch- children constantly every yeah. day. I mean, they are all incredible human beings and mm. very, very, very interesting mm-hmm. and aware of it. Oh, yeah. And still bearable. It's really remarkable. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I will share. Thank you for sharing your flume of awe. Mine is about the orgasmic possibilities of home improvement. Wow. Take um, me there. Yeah. So I think that you already are experiencing some of this, mm-hmm. you know, having moved into your home. And I think for listeners, if you haven't been with us for 
long time. Um, I think I've talked about the experience of home joy on here before as like <clears throat> something that you feel when you have really landed some part of your house or all of your house. It really feels like this is where the furniture needs to be. And I have the dishes that I need and the appliances are good and the light comes in in the right way mm -hmm. and I'm maximizing the light and there's plants alive and the mirror looks good. You know, yeah. like it's just, you start to be like, oh, like this space is just serving me. Right. You know, it's just giving me- <laughs> It's serving it's looks. giving me what I it's need. It's serving right? Adrian looks. <laughs> it's serving the looks. And like, I've had a very distinct look um, to my home. Your whole adult life. My whole life, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, and it's, it's very much like there's a lot of things. There's a lot of art. There's a lot of things that I've gathered as I've moved around the world. Um, and there, but lots recently, of bright colors. <clears throat> so many bright colors. Mm -hmm. Like I really, the, the color scheme of all the Emergent Strategy Series books is basically what my house looks like. It's but just also, turquoise but and fuchsia. Also, like and, there's an interesting mm -hmm. thing about your, sorry, I'm interrupting your flume, but yeah, tell, but, me, tell me about my but one of the things <laughs> one of the things that I think is really cool about the way you make space, I've always loved visiting you because mm -hmm. you have this thing that's like a really, I don't, I don't know how you do it, but you manage to like imbue your spaces with color, but have it also feel like earthy and grounded at the same time. So yes. even though there's lots of bright colors, there's still a feeling of like it's it still feels like earthy somehow. Oh, yeah. Also thing that people wouldn't know unless they know you, you <laughs> smell really good and your home always smells really good. It's always good. Yeah. Anyway, good. keep going. And actually that's part of these. So I keep having, like, I, I kind of made this list of like, okay, what are the home projects and improvements that I really could make here? And so one of them was like, I need more bookshelves. Like, why am I I've got books like double stacked inside of my bookshelves. And like, you know, even now you can see behind me, it looks like, oh, okay. We it can does, barely it does look like, like everything's way, about to kind of fall over. It's just so many books, mm -hmm. right? Because I'm just like stacking and stacking and stacking. So I was like, just buy two more large bookshelves and I can show you this one. Let's see. Oh, um, nice. So, oh, that's a nice right? one. It's nice. And so you're going to basically got, move everything that's over there into over exactly. there. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to redistribute the books. Everything that I have read that I want to hold on to can be at my back because I don't need to look at it very often. Mm -hmm. And then stuff that I have that I haven't read yet, there's a bookshelf out in the living room. It's going to go there. So it's kind of in my face regularly. To be reminded. Um, and stuff that, mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I want to create like a gift bookshelf where it's like, these are things that I've read um, that or that I'm not going to get to be able to read or it doesn't, you know, it's like not aligned with something I'm going to want to read that I can re-gift out to people because um, I'm like, books should keep moving in the world, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so, but the process I'm talking about is like the putting together something. <clears throat> like for me, the like putting in the labor of, you know, pulling out all these things from a box and being like, okay, I'm going to follow the instructions and I've got this little drill and I've got this screwdriver and- And you've got I've my little something. <laughs> I've got my little hex. <laughs> um, you know, I've just got all my things together and I I built, I bought myself a little wagon <laughs> to use around the house. Cute. So I used the wagon to take the tortoise back to the backyard and bring the tortoise back in. Mm -hmm. 
And I think Nalito really likes it. Um, <laughs> Nalito's like, I <laughs> am living in style. <laughs> I'm really living like the Gilded Age right here in this house. <laughs> um, so, and I use it to like take groceries around, but I also am like, oh, there's a heavy thing. And, you know, I need to move this bookshelf parts out to there and put it together or whatever. Anyway, so I just keep having these moments where I'm like, that was really oh, this is so good. Like I'm freaking, yes. <laughs> you know, like I put this together and now I'm putting books on something that wasn't even here until hours I ago, put right? it together. I built it, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not a builder by nature. Like there's nothing in me that's like, next time let's try it from scratch. Or no. You know, like I'm just like, no, like I like, it's basically like a puzzle. You know, yeah. it's just like, here's a puzzle mm-hmm. that could result in a real life usable thing. Yeah. Right? And you do love puzzles. And I love puzzles. So actually, one of the things I gifted myself was a jigsaw puzzle table, which I've always, always wanted. And it has all these little drawers. So like you pull, you dump out your jigsaw puzzle and the first stage is organizing it into these are the, you know, sky parts. This is the tiger part. This is the whatever, you know, like, and then you can put all the pieces into drawers you know, in between putting it together. <laughs> Look at your face. I'm, it's I've so, never heard of this. <laughs> I'm going to send you a picture like, because I didn't know this was a about? thing. I didn't know this was a thing. And then actually I was at my friend Prentice's house and Prentice had one that they had like kind of made them, you know, like a two by four thing that they had kind of created uh-huh. that they just moved around and it had the jigsaw puzzle on it. But we started talking about jigsaw puzzle tables and I was like, mm, wow, I think I need that. Wow. Anyway, so I'm experiencing this. I'm just like, oh, like I keep turning around and being like, there's the right thing and it's in the right place. And it's exactly what I knew mm-hmm. was needed, was needed for that place. Yes. Um, yes. And it just, there's a, a yeah. And you're getting it makes to it so like, much easier to be present. you're getting to watch something that you like saw in your mind become your mind. physically real and have it be, and you know, I love And that. you have it be right and perfect. And then you're like, the, exactly. Yes, totally. Exactly. Exactly. Good so for you. Um, and, you know, traveling, like coming to your place, to mom and dad's, going to see April, it's like the same thing is happening. Like everyone in the family right now is going through this home moment. Totally. <laughs> right? Totally. Um, so it's really sweet. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm right. totally feeling it too. I'm just like. Yeah. And I think, mm. you know, it ties into the awe of small things, right? Like that I, as much as I feel awe around big things all the time, there's this way that like the small mundane routine things as I get older, keep giving me more and more like, wow, <laughs> I'm amazed at how content I can feel in this small rightness. Yes. (laughs) You know? Yes. Oh my God. Which is mindfulness. It really, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. I've been meditating my little butt off. Yeah, you are. (laughs) Do you want to introduce this thing? I do. I do. So (laughs) one of the things that, um, we decided to do this season. So you all may remember that when we did our Apocalypse mini series back in 2020, we asked listeners to send us voice memos to describe how they were remaining connected or feeling a sense of connection inside the pandemic. And in the lead up to launching this season, we were like, oh, let's bring in listener voices again. And this time we decided to ask folks to send us voice memos about what love feels like. And we have gotten some just incredible, incredible messages already from people. We're still receiving messages, 
So if anyone wants to send us a voice memo, you can send it to the podcast email account, which is um, how to survive pod at gmail.com, how to survive pod at gmail.com. And you could just send us a little voice memo and we might use it on the show that tells us what love feels like to you. We're about to hear one of our first listener voices. I had a childhood definition of love when I was little. I was a little kid taking a bath for the first time where I was old enough to do it by myself, but small enough to not really like know the after part. Like I just kind of came out of the tub shivering naked and wet. And my mom had a towel waiting She was holding a towel in front of the fireplace. So she embraced me with a warm towel. And I felt, literally felt her love. As an adult, um, love has meant many things. But most recently, love feels like freedom. I feel like our all of our listeners are poets. <laughs> Truly. Um so <clears throat> now we're going to talk about one of our love topics and the one that we wanted to start off with today is loving ourselves as we are. Mm. Loving ourselves as we are. Mm. So a good place to start the conversation. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it really does feel like so often the love conversation starts externally defined. (laughs) Um, And I want to read this from Bell Hooks in All About Love. She says, one of the best guides to how to be self-loving is to give ourselves the love we are often dreaming about receiving from others. Mm. There was a time when I felt lousy about my over 40 body saw myself as too fat, too this, or too that. Yet I fantasized about finding a lover who would give me the gift of being loved as I am. Mm. It is silly, isn't it, that I would dream of someone else offering to me the acceptance and affirmation I was withholding from myself. This was a moment when the maxim, quote, you can never love anybody if you are unable to love yourself, end quote, made clear sense. And Mm. Bell Hooks said, I add, do not expect to receive the love from someone else you do not give yourself. Woo! Okay. Okay, Belle. So, <laughs> okay, Miss Hooks. She never did a soft touch, right? She was just like, <laughs> I'm going to give it to you very directly. So we wanted to get into this because there's, this might be two episodes too. You know, I just want to give the heads up. We'll see what happens as we talk. Yeah. But there, because I feel like there's sort of this overall self-acceptance, right? Of like, I am who I am, like what Audre Lorde said, I am who I am doing what I came to do. You know, there's that self-acceptance role. Then there's like getting into the specifics, right? So it's like, okay, but this body as it's Mm -hmm. aging and changing, Mm -hmm. um, and there's a public discourse of like, love your body, love body positivity, body, you know, and then it's like, but how does it actually feel Mm -hmm. looking in the mirror? How does it actually feel? 
to be in your body, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as it is going through changes, as it is unveiling its struggles and the places where it starts to, you know, like need a little support, mm-hmm. need some real attention, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about that. And then I also want to talk a little bit about loving our minds when they're struggling, yeah. right? Because there's what's happening at the level of the body. And then what we do with that is often related to the mental health that does or does not exist already <laughs> in our lives, right? Right. So, right. you know, I'm just like, oh, like I have been in therapy since my early 20s. And thank mm-hmm. God, <laughs> because coming through this period of my life, I'm so grateful for the guardrails that I have of a therapist and somatic body support and mm. like a nutritious nutrition and health team that I support and community that is feminist and, you know, helping helping me think through the complexity of all this. I'm like, it feels like all of those are the guardrails I'm needing to yeah. traverse this time and not get fooled into not loving myself, you know? Um, yeah. And there's so, some real, yeah. like, I feel like <clears throat> when we get into conversations about like loving ourselves and accepting ourselves as we are, I think I'm kind of naturally, um, the sort of specter of, um, you know, sort of the self-care and like positivity sort of yes. frameworks kind of, they, they, naturally arise. And, and I think sometimes that is an entry point, right. That might be like the entry point that we use that helps us erect those guardrails that you're describing. And then like, once the guardrails are in place, then we find ourselves having to figure out like, well, what is, what is the actual work? You know, (laughs) I'd be curious, I'd be curious to know, like, um, what in your life mm-hmm. prompted you, like, maybe you could tell us a little bit about the journey, you know, like what in your life prompted you to start erecting those guardrails? Yeah. You know, so I feel like pretty early in my life, I became aware that I had mental health issues, like that I needed um, some kind of support outside of just what was happening in my own mind Mm. to figure out life. And um, it showed up like as a burnout cycle. Like I would regularly just like work myself beyond any logical, healthy, you know, approach, which I think is very common um, in a capitalist society. Like I think that, you know, it's, it's, you're encouraged to do this kind of hustle, hustle, hustle work mode and being a competitive, um, you know, <laughs> student, right? Like I was a student um, in high school and college who was like, oh, I've got to somehow be competing. I'm supposed to be smart. I'm supposed to be achieving. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel really moved by any any of these things. Like the thing that woke me up was organizing. Like yeah. that's when I started to be like, oh, that's that and journalism, singing, all the extracurricular stuff. I was like, that's me. Right. Um, but I kept that burning makes you feel out like alive. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I kept burning out and having these kind of breakdown moments and, mm. you know, then kind of crawling home and being like, yeah, it's happened again. I don't know why. Mm. Um, I'm not sure what. And so I started working with a therapist who was like, yeah, there's some buried stuff in here. 
and we may or may not be able to find it. But what we can do is start to give you some tools for navigating life, given that you got some stuff going on, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. And over the years, I have explored all kinds of healing technologies, um, starting from that place. So I know talk therapy does a certain kind of good for me. And, um, and then that also, I think is part of what led me to somatic work was just like, there's some deeper roots to the pain that I carry. And I wanted to understand, like, it was like, this isn't even something I can talk about. It's like, I can barely describe what it is. I just need to be held while I feel it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, so I found the people who could hold me while I felt it. And, um, I will also say I gained weight in my early teens. Um, like I started gaining weight and now just last year I was given a diagnosis of this thyroid condition that they were like, it probably started during puberty. Did you have like a rapid weight gain (laughs) period that didn't make sense and you couldn't lose the weight? And, you know, and I was like, yeah, (laughs) they were like, um, you know, that's how sometimes this thing starts and it's usually missed, especially for black girls. And of course, so, you know, so on and so forth. So (laughs) thanks white um, supremacy (laughs) (laughs) as per usual. So generous. Um, But then I also feel like it was responding to um, that same sort of buried treasure, buried trauma. Like, so, you know, it's it's always trying, I'm always trying to figure out like a witch came first and I I don't know, honestly, right? Hmm. Like, was it mental health stuff? Was it eating, hiding patterns? You know, Mm. like, are those things just tied up? Like, is Mm. the disordered eating part of how, the mental health would play out no matter what. Right. Mm. And I, for a long time was like, you know, I need to science and figure it all out. And then I kind of let that go. Right. <laughs> and I'm just science. like, I need to science. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I need clear diagnoses for everything. And I've kind of moved away from that to just being like, this is just my body and my brain and it works in these ways. And rather than trying to like pathologize and diagnose myself, I mostly sit with like, I feel an immense amount of feelings and Mm. I feel things that seem to be larger than my lifetime. I feel things that seem to be maybe rooted in, in other lives, you know, both lives that are concurrent to mine and lives that predated mine. I feel like I carry a lot of my grandmother's life and, and her labor around in my body. Um, And so I carry all of these things and and that carrying has had all kinds of results on my body and on mm. my mind. And um, the main two ways that it has played out for most of my adult life is that my mental health, if I'm not paying attention, can sort of spiral into a place of anxious despair and yeah. paranoia, right? Yeah. That I can, I, you know, if I'm like, if I don't stay in touch with the earth, if I don't stay in touch with what is, then I can really lose touch with my my intuition. And it just goes like, all hands on deck. It is a crisis. Mm-hmm. Like Whatever is the worst possible scenario is yeah. happening now, right? Yeah. And so we'll just jump all the way there. And it takes me a while to come back to like, so you're saying maybe that's not true. <laughs> like, I don't even say like, that's not true. I'm just like, so you're saying maybe. Maybe. Maybe it's not an X-Files episode. Okay. <laughs> um, and then in my body, you know, it looks like, just inflammation and it's all oh. kinds of different inflammation and I'm learning what, what triggers that inflammation. 
and what cools my body. Yeah. Right. So, um, and you know, now I'm, I'm entering that perimenopause phase. So it's starting to get really fun. <laughs> right. Cause it's just like, Oh, you thought Ooh. you knew what you were dealing with, but it's changing again. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, <laughs> one thing I want to share with our listeners, and then I want to ask you the same question, but one thing I want to share is because I'm, I'm curious if this is true for other people. For me, it takes me a while to even notice that a pattern is unfolding. So Oof. like I can be in a pattern for like, you know, well, like most of a year I can be sort of like in something and then be like, oh, <laughs> like looking back, I can see how this led to this. Right. So like last fall, I had this despair, this intense despair dip. And mm-hmm. then what it led to now I can, I'm like start looking back at it and I'm like, oh, so it led to this feeling of some insecurity that kicked back into disordered eating. Right? Uh, so, which for me looks like uh, binging and then denying myself food, like hyper diet, extreme diet. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then just, you know, it's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. I'm just being healthy. <laughs> right. 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 And, right. right. <laughs> and so this time around, I was also obsessively playing this game on my phone to kind of keep my mind occupied. Interesting. And the game had these ads that were popping up. So between every single game, it was popping up these ads and there's not an ad free one. And for some reason, I just couldn't change games. Right. I was just like, this is the game that's getting me through. And this is the game I need to play. Mm-hmm. So the ads were all for keto pills. Uh-huh. Okay. So it's just like every single time I'm playing this game, I'm trying to relax my mind. I'm trying to chill out. And then I lose the game and then an p- advertisement pops up and it's like, burn fat overnight. Just mm-hmm. take these pills and burn fat, right? Like <laughs> the you don't have to work out. Like, are you disappointed? <laughs> burn <Are> fat. You- <laughs> exactly. Did you lose? Did are you, you a lose? loser? Burn fat. You should burn some fat, right? You're obviously <laughs> sitting and playing this game nonstop because you're not moving your body or anything else, right? So you need to burn some fat. Ooh. You clearly don't want to work out. So burn some fat, right? I mean, it's just like, it's wow. it's right algorithms okay and at first i was like that's so ridiculous like no one would ever buy a pill that says it's going to just burn fat overnight if such a thing existed we would know about it by now like oh and then it was like dr oz approves of this burn fat pill shark tank funded this burn fat you know it's like just going on and like even though i'm quickly you know i'm dismissing the ad as soon as i can because i love myself and i love my body and i would never it's getting into my head. And finally, mm. one night, I'm a little high, playing my game. And I was like, fuck it. Fuck you, pills. I'm going to fucking buy these pills. Yeah, and I'm going to buy that. <laughs> okay. Ah! So I buy, I, I order these pills. And I, oh girl, literally the minute I ordered the pills, I was like, I can't have these. No. <laughs> like, I can't do this, right? No, no. This is bad. <laughs> this is so bad. I'm clearly high right now. <laughs> I was like, A, I'm clearly high, but also B, this is a crisis activity, right? Yes. Like, yes. I know myself well enough to know, and I know my body well enough to know that there's no, like, eat whatever you want, burn fat all night plan that would ever be a healthy thing for my body, right? Like, what I need to be doing um, and what my body is longing for is just for me to make great decisions and not have inflammatory foods in my diet each day. And Mm. sometimes I can pull that off and sometimes I can't. So I ordered the pills. And the reason I want to bring this up is because then they scammed me. (laughs) Okay. So the pills come, right? And I'm like, 
fuck, I can't believe I actually ordered these. Because I kind of forgot then, right? Right. So I can't believe I actually ordered these. This is so embarrassing. Should I hide them? Like, should I dump them down the toilet? And then I, I was like, no, just return them. I try to return them through their process, which of course is like some convoluted, like send the pills here with this thing on it. And there's no paper trail and like blah, blah, blah. Then they send me another package with a whole different set of pills and then another one. And I realized they're charging me. So anyway, I just had to go through this oh whole thing my with my credit God. card company of like, please cease and desist these scamming people <laughs> because and each package is more expensive, right? So they're charging. Oh so I, my uh, yes. God. Okay. So the shame of it all, right, <laughs> yeah. is this compounding shame because I was like, I had one moment of weakness, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it wasn't one moment of weakness. It was tied into all the stuff I've been feeling, right? All yeah. the grief, all the despair, yes. all the climate catastrophe, all the sense of like, why bother trying to fucking work out and have some amazing healthy situation when everyone on this planet is trying to kill us all. <laughs> you know, it's just sort of like, what, what? Okay. Yeah. And wow. having to like recenter. So it's just such a moment of like, okay, so there, let's let this, you know, in my life, I've hit a rock bottoms multiple times. I right. believe in them. Like I find them to be actually very comforting because it's like, oh yeah. And that is, that is the that. bottom. Okay. <laughs> we are down here. And it's flat. And, every, and everyone's <laughs> rock know. bottom looks different, you know? Everyone's it's, looks different, That's right? not a bad rock bottom. <laughs> no, this is, I feel pretty okay with this particular, it's better than other ones I've hit in the past, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, so this one, it felt like a certain place where it's like, okay, girl, like, mm-hmm. what, you, what do you need to do to attend to your grief? What do you need to do to attend to your despair? What do you need to talk to your therapist about and get more real about? Yeah. And- fundamentally, how are you feeling about your body right now? Right. And I recognize that I'm like, I haven't been doing any of my practices that Mm -hmm. remind me how much I love my body and how precious Mm -hmm. it is. And when I don't do those, I'm leaving myself vulnerable for the socialized messages of the world to take center stage. And yes, right. I'm like, Oh, the world doesn't love me. And then I start to trust that over trusting myself and trusting Mm. that I am lovable. Right. Um, that so, other other reality. Yeah. And like the beautiful news, even though it hurts, <laughs> but the beautiful news is that it hurts when I engage in these kind of behaviors now. And it might have hurt before, but I didn't notice it mm-hmm. because I was like numb was such a normal place for me. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, yeah, I'm always, you know, if you're, <laughs> there's a certain place where it's like, if you're that high all the time and you're not able to feel then it, you know, you're like, who who knows if I'm inflamed from this pizza? <laughs> that train left the station years ago. I don't know. <laughs> like, who could feel whatever? Like, but now no, it's not like anyone can pinpoint this stuff. Exactly right now. I'm just like, oh, I can literally pinpoint. I'm like, I had this, and now and I now feel this. It's a day later, and my knees feel, and the the what it feels like in my body is. Um, I think her name's Violet, the character from Willy Wonka and the Char- Chocolate Factory. Uh-huh. Yes, she the one who. The blueberry gum, and then Ooh. everything expands, right? Mm-hmm. And she can't, she's just like, I'm just rolling around in my skin. Like, I felt like that, where I'm just sort of like, I can't, 
like at my joints just feel like there's a swollen balloon in each Ooh, joint, right? God. And it's pain. It's like very, very painful, very displaced. Yeah. I feel displaced in my skin. And so then it's like this slow returning where rather than looking at a scale, rather than looking at like what people externally think of me, rather than going based on my clothing, fitting a certain way or any of those things, the only bellwether, the only thing to pay attention to now is my joints. Ah, right? mm-hmm. My joints, they are the most trustworthy indicator for me yes. of everything that's happening with both my physical, mental, and emotional and spiritual health. <laughs> Fascinating. Right? It's, it's all there, right? So I'm like, if I am, and I'll just name like the practices that bring me out of that place, if I am waking up meditating, doing my sun salutation in the morning, mm-hmm. taking my thyroid pill, mm-hmm. um, and and then getting my swim in each day, mm-hmm. and then just making very basic anti-inflammatory moves, you know, like significantly <laughs> just reducing. Just, just very basic. basic. Well, because, you know, I'm considering some, some more intensive eating protocols, which I'm always very careful about because of the disordered eating history. Yeah. Right. Then yeah. I'm always like, mm, is this going to be fun or is this going to feed that part of me that wants to control everything? You know? Right. Right. Like, right. Can I, what I want is a liberation from that over attending. Right. Yeah. Like I'm trying to find the right balance. And what felt like such affirmation was like for the past two years, I've really been living mostly in an anti inflammatory diet and it's worked. And it's worked because I haven't felt the joints that way, mm. such that when I did go off on this gluten bender. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> delight. Um, you know, and I, I mean, I do want to say too, like, I was just like, yeah, I, I just need part of why you want per- pills to burn fat is because the amount of fat you want to eat. <laughs> so it's like, right. I really want just I garlic just bread, only garlic bread, only things. garlic bread, just garlic bread and pizza on the side. So that's going to um, be like the new like intro music for the podcast. <laughs> just garlic bread. <laughs> like I, I think so often of that moment when Oprah just came out and was just like bread, you know, I'm just yes. like, yes, like yes. it's yes. not fair that someone made bread and then, our bodies were and like, then some nah. people can't eat it. <laughs> I was just like, nah, that's not fair. Although it's also beautiful. And, and then I want to shift. I want to ask you about this question for you. But I will say it's also deep to live in the U.S. with all these issues because I'm like, when I travel, <laughs> when I have traveled to other places, I could eat the bread. <laughs> like whatever they did wasn't like mm-hmm. making my, my joints pop off. Yeah, there's a so, lot of there's a lot of mystery associated with like our food because of our industrialized food system. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. So, yeah. so when I talk like right now, when I'm saying like loving myself as I am, mm-hmm. so much of it is like, I'm living inside of a racial capitalist, you know, dystopia, um, that's mm-hmm. already wreaking havoc on my body and my mind in every possible way in order to attempt to control me and keep me like a miserable, compliant, obedient person. Mm-hmm. So those are the conditions. Mm-hmm. And loving myself as being like, even in these conditions, I'm going to find the healthiest food. I'm going to listen to my body. I'm going to give myself peace. I'm going to give myself quiet. I'm going yeah. to give myself an anti-capitalist life as much as I can within this container. And you know, I'm going to continue moving towards the things I really want. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. everything I do for justice and liberation also really serves that well-being in me. Right. So right. that's that's where I am 
that's what caused me to be interested in this. And then that's where I am in my journey mm. of it. Wow. What about you, sister? Wow. Mm. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, mm. So like vulnerably about your journey also. Um, yeah. You know, I hate being vulnerable. <laughs> you know, but I mean, this is part of it. It's like, yeah. Um, actually that's kind of like a, maybe a good jumping off point for me. Mm -hmm. Um, because what I am, my like path towards like loving myself as I am right now is in part about like, um, learning to see that I am a vulnerable person. Period. Period. Mm -hmm. And um, and learning to see and then treat my not vulnerable as in like, um, um, Uh at risk, but vulnerable Uh as in like, I am someone who has vulnerabilities. I'm someone who has needs for care and I have operated most of my adult life, um, as though I am invulnerable. Mm. and have had to, like, I've had to, because of a lot of different conditions in my adult life, have had to really sort of like move through the world as someone who like is not insecure, does not have vulnerabilities, does not have needs that must be satisfied by others. You know what I mean? Yes. (laughs) Um, Yes. And um, you got you. I got me. I'm single right now for the first time in my whole adult life. Ooh. And my whole adult life, I've not been single since I was like 18 years old. Wow. And, um, I am, you know, my, my most recent relationship ended and, um, um, with lots of like tenderness, grief and beauty, but ended. Yeah. Um, and now I'm in like, I, I'm under my understanding myself as being like, as entering this period of like intentional singleness. Yeah. So that I can learn to feel, uh, into mm-hmm. like being a vulnerable person. And then learn to like pour love into myself. That's right. Right. That (laughs) the, I mean, this, this, the quote, the Mm. bell hooks quote feels so relevant to like my life right now, the like fantasizing about being loved as I am, but then not being willing to like accept myself. Yeah. Um, and you know, for me, I think there certainly has been a pattern of like just existing, you know, barreling through life as a, like, I have no needs, but then feeling resentful of the fact that my partners cannot, will not refuse to, or whatever, like whatever my story is, aren't meeting my needs, you know, Uh but uh then like, I don't even, you know, (laughs) you're like, what needs, (laughs) like what needs, right? Yes. Um, like I pride myself on not being insecure. I pride myself on always knowing what to do. I pride myself on, you know, like, um, having the answer, you know? And Mm -hmm. so, 
Um, what I'm trying to do right now is figure out how to be someone who like doesn't have the answer. Um, how to be someone who is like, you know, maybe a little messy and emotional, like doesn't always have it together. Yeah. Um, I noticed like, um, I noticed a few days ago, I was preparing for like a meeting with one of my kids' therapists and mm. had forgotten, I had forgotten to like communicate to my kid about the fact that the meeting was happening that day uh -huh. and to like prep them for it. And then when I like contacted them at school during the day, they were like, it's cool. Dad already told me about it. Mm -hmm. And I had this whole moment of like contraction inside me of feeling like I did something wrong, like, because I should have been the one to inform my child first. Uh -huh. Like, like yeah. I am, like, I am the only one who is holding that responsibility. Yeah. And then I, I had to be like, oh wait, no, it's actually totally normal for moms to forget things and gr excellent. Dad remembered and yes. talked to the kid about it, <laughs> you know, yes. like, that's so like, that's why you have more than one, more than one adult involved in a child's life and care. That's right. But I, but I don't like, I don't let myself mm -mm. forget things. I hold myself to like such a high standard, especially in my parenting. I hold myself to such an impossibly high standard of like mm. everything that I need to be tracking and caring, taking care of at all times. Yeah. Uh, so it was just interesting to notice that, to notice the, like the, like the sort of immediate instinct to punish myself for psychologically for having yeah. forgotten something as yeah. though it's not like completely normal to forget things when you're <laughs> a single parent of three children, um, yeah. you know, or just a human, right. Or just <laughs> yeah. a human. Right. It's like, yeah, even that, like, even this, like, even in this moment, as <laughs> exactly. I'm processing it, you know, I'm like, like with all of these excuses, with, I'm allowed to forget. with all of these excuses, I'm allowed to forget. But if I didn't have these excuses, it wouldn't be excusable. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, it's deep. It's really it's deep. So it's deep. like, and I, and I, and I think, you know, I've similarly been in, in therapy for most of my adult life. Mm -hmm. And there's a way that I feel like I'm just now starting to tune into some of the, um, some of the, the, the buried stuff, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I know that like in the, in the aftermath of my, um, of my 2014 miscarriage. Yeah. That was like the first in the couple of years after that, that was like the sort of first step down the tunnel into yeah. like, there's stuff here, there's more here and it's in the darkness. You can't see it. Yeah. And, um, and so there's a way that I know I've been like journeying towards the, this time. Yeah. You know, like I can, I can kind of feel the long, the longer arc behind me now where I'm like, Oh, ah. like, <laughs> ah, like that, mm. that trauma, you know, that loss, you know, as awful as it was also did open up, um, a portal inside me to do yeah. some deeper work. But, you know, in 2016, I wasn't really ready, you know, 
it's like when I'm, when I'm thinking about the timeline of it, like 2014 being the last 2016 and 17 being like the years in which it first really became apparent to me that there was like some more stuff I needed to, um, excavate, you know, but even then I, I was like, I'm actually not ready to look at this. Like I, I remember having like, a yep. Having one of my first sensory flashbacks in therapy in 2017 and being like in so much clarity of like, I actually am not ready to do this work. I am not ready for it. Now fast forward 2022, you know, it's interesting to think about how much time has gone by, but I'm like, it's been eight years since that loss. Yeah. You know, like, um, I, you know, and, and so much has shifted in my life. And now I'm in this unique moment of having made a set of decisions that have landed me here where all I need to now tune into and focus on is supporting and caring for and pouring love into myself. Yeah. Um, so now it's just about having the courage to just do it you know, and I think that I do have it now. I think I do have it now. And I, and I'm ready to let go of the narratives that I've been carrying over the last bunch of years about all the Mm. other things that are standing in the way of me healing, you know, because that's so much of it too. Right. As you know, it's like, we do all this narrative building that like, if this were different, if that were different, if this was, if this person was like this, and if these conditions were completely fundamentally different, then I would be able to fill in the blank. And I feel like I'm finally reaching a point of like being willing to understand myself as an adult who has agency and is like responsible for my own healing. And like, yeah, I get to actually, uh, decide. That's right. I love whatever you're, you're like saging yourself right now. I'm saging us. You're saging saging us. us. I'm giving us a little, I love that. Yeah. I was gifted all this sage and I was just like, you know, actually Toshi does this <laughs> when we're, when we get into some deep waters on the, um, Octavius parables podcast. Oh, lovely. Um, and I'm like, I always find it so helpful. <laughs> and I'm also holding this rock as we're sh- sharing with each other, you know, cause I'm like, we're really in deep territory. And <laughs> my therapist was like, just hold on to rocks. It'll yes. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, thank you so much for sharing so vulnerably autumn and you know it's so fascinating to witness you going through these deep waters and also to say you know we have such parallels that happen for us like Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous um it's truly truly ridiculous you know where we've been on this particular arc together of like i think falling in love um at the same time at the same time but also like love being amazing, you know, mm-hmm. loving amazing human beings, but also letting love be a way that we don't necessarily tune into our own work. Ah, uh, yes. Right. That's it and, right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think so much of what's happening in this season is like, you know, I keep thinking of that Thich Nhat Hanh quote, loving such that the other feels free mm-hmm. and combining that with this bell hooks moment of like, how do you love yourself such that you feel free? Yes. Right. Um, like, I feel like I'm in that mode where I'm like, Oh, I've got to like love myself and everyone else. Right. Love us all such that we feel free. Mm -hmm. And what freedom means is having the freedom to actually heal 
and feel contentment and yeah. feel like I can be with myself as I am. I'm not hiding anything from myself. Right. And, you know, I won't, I won't, <laughs> I'm not quite ready to say I'm ready for whatever needs to come up out of the dark. You know, I feel more like I am, I just, I feel like I'm ready to be in relationship with whatever I am. Right? Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm I like, like there's all these parts of myself, like since I was a kid that I've been like, oh, I see shadow figures, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, no one knows what to do with that. That's just a weird thing. And I'm like, okay, well, that's still part of who I am. Right. Right. And rather than pretending like that's not the case, <laughs> how do I be like, I love myself. And this is something that's true about me. You right. know, I love right. myself and I'm fat and, and. I'm someone who my joints are telling me I need to be less fat, right? Right. And, right. While everyone in the world is like, no, you know, just be fat. Yes. Right. right? Like, so, I mean, the mix is- Everyone in our pocket of the world. In our pocket, sorry. <laughs> I was like, I live in the fat positive, yes, fat we, loving, thank like, God. yay and fat thank pocket. Thank God we live there, but also- Which is such a better pocket, The rest of the say. world is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this too, that- I'm really trying to get out of any pocket that is held together by any acts of policing, right? Like, I'm just like, anything where people feel like they need to come out of their face and tell me how I need to do anything <laughs> is like, that's not going to fly mm -hmm. in, in how I love myself. There's no room for that, right? Yeah. There's no room for like other people dictating to me what I need to do with my body. So like in this moment, I'm like, what I actually really, my, my joints are just like, please stop eating lectins and gluten and mm -hmm. like, please reduce the dairy. And we promise like, we'll match you, you know, like if you, <laughs> if you, if you make some changes, like it's going to, you're going to love it and it's going to feel so good. Right. Right. Um, and so I'm really appreciative of just being in this level of heightened communication with my body mm -hmm. and with my mind, like as, as grief happens in my life right now, any major emotion, I feel like I'm able to turn and be like, Oh, hello. Welcome. Welcome, emotion. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, oh, God, I'm grieving right now. You know, right. and it just like comes or people are like, how are you feeling? And I'm like, yeah, I feel like these four feelings. And it's, you know, I can communicate in a different mm -hmm. way about it. Mm -hmm. um, and then spiritually, the impact of all that mindfulness, bodyfulness, selffulness is this feeling of like, it's okay. It's okay, yeah. you know, like not only is it okay for you to be who you are, how you are, as you are in this time, in this place, but like I'm a microcosm of earth. I'm a microcosm of all that exists right. and like this is where we are right There's now. There's nothing we, to reject. No, we've got, we've got inflammation. Right. <laughs> right. We got lots of inflammation. You know, we got lots of inflammation. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're feeling a little bloated. Yeah. Um, we got volcanoes yeah. going off all over we the got planet. Some stuff popping off. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's also a gorgeous world and you know, we're doing our best. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that, this feels like a really good place for us to. Yeah pause and yeah. maybe bring in another listener voice before we I would love before that. we move to top culture. Hello, my name is Amber from Rainy Chinook and Klamath Lands. 
and I just listened to the first episode of the All About Love season, which I'm really excited for, and you said this thing that um, reminded me of one of my favorite songs that comes to me through my father. You said, how do we love people that we don't like? Um, So the song is I Don't Like Half the Folks I Love by Paul Thorne, and I wanted to sing you the chorus. God knows they're all dear to me, but if the truth be told, I like it when they come, but I love it when they go. And I'm sure they've got good qualities, but the bad ones cover them up. I don't like half the folks I love. So thank you for this podcast and your work in the world. Much love to you. Swoon. 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 So much swooning. Swoon. Okay. So on the subject of swoons, I have yes. to share my top culture. I was which so is <laughs> like, um, also as per usual with me, this is like a, what do we call it when I do this thing where I, I discover something long after it's been out in the world. We should call it the autumning. The autumning. <laughs> so over the last few months, I, it was recommended to me by some friends to watch this sci-fi TV show called the expanse. And it's like, like a space opera. It's like six or seven seasons. TV show basically follows conflict between it's like a future in which earth has colonized Mars and the asteroid belt, which in the future is just called the belt. You miss Earth? These endless blue skies. Free air everywhere. And open water all the way to the horizon. When you spend your whole life living under a dome, even the idea of an ocean is almost impossible to imagine. They are an entire culture working together to turn a lifeless rock into a garden. We had a garden and we paved it. Someday, things going to change. But it's been so long into the colonization process that Mars is like its own independent political entity. The belt is trying to fight for independence from both Mars and Earth. So it's like it's Mm. like geopolitics, slightly more. um, Well, not slightly, a lot more space is being taken up. And fought over. And then uh-huh. and then into the mix comes like a sort of alien substance. And Ooh. that starts wreaking havoc on the belt. Okay. So um, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of things about the show that like could like definitely have been better, but um, but it's a lot of fun. And yeah. um, one of the most fun things about it is there is this actor in the show named Frankie Adams. She plays a Martian Marine. So she's like basically <laughs> a Martian, Martian Marine. She's like, like a Marine, like a super soldier basically, but like for, yeah. but for Mars. And uh-huh. so she's like, her whole character is like vibe at the beginning is like, we hate earth. We hate people from earth. We hate earthers. <laughs> We're just trying to like invade and kill earth. She's yeah. like so badass and so, so fine. Like I, Mm. I don't typically like, you know, follow celebrities on Instagram, but like after I finished watching the show, I was like, 
I need to go. I need to see more of her. I need to see see her face. I just need to know more about her. Um, So my top culture is like both a recommendation for a space opera. If anyone is looking for a TV show, especially people who are like fans of Battlestar Galactica will probably enjoy the show. Um, It's not as good. It's not as good. No, it's different. It's very, very different and not as good. It's bad, but it's it's not bad. It's not bad. It's It's just it's enjoyable. It's just not. The it's groundbreaking. It's situation. not Peabody award winning battle. Sorry, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so, but it does have the gorgeous, the illuminary Frankie Adams. Did you say illuminary? I don't know what word to use. I know. I her. want that. She's, I want that to be the word that we she's now use. So for beautiful. <laughs> illuminary. Okay. She's so the illuminary. I'm super into it. I'm going to watch it. Okay. Uh, which is good because I've finished, I just finished all of the things. I rewatched Scandal. I finished How to Get Away with Murder. Oh, I'm so like shonded up basically. But my pop culture mm-hmm. is I just binged Lizzo's Watch Out for the Big Girls. Ooh, and is it so good? I, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. What's up, y'all? It's Lizzo. I'm looking for dancers to join me on my tour. Girls that look like me don't get representation. Time to pull up my sleeves and find them myself. (laughs) (laughs) We thick and we pretty and we know what we doubt. It's the battle of the big girls. Lizzo is so gorgeous and amazing and powerful and brilliant and just like good ground. Yeah. She's good ground. She's, she feels like someone we would get along well with. Mm, you know, okay, like, like a we could, future like, BFF. Yeah, like I think we could hang with her. Mm-hmm. I think, but I think a lot of people could. Like, I think she just is like, I'm good for humans. Like, I'm good mm-hmm. for humanity. <laughs> um, it's uh, and then and then the show. The premise of the show is these people are competing to be in her show in Bonnaroo to be backup dancers for her. Oh. And she's like, I'm building out my big girl crew, and her bi- that big girls is what she calls her backup dancers. Right, and so the backup dancers who've been with her for years are all like integrated and part of the show. And then she's bringing on these new girls. And so we're watching all wow. these fat girls. Um, and it's like non-binary and trans inclusive girls coming in and auditioning for this. And you're watching each one of them figure out like, how do I personally overcome what I think, you know, what's in my way. Right. Wow. So for some of them, it's like, Literally, you know, I can't do these moves. For some of them, it's like stamina and endurance. For some of them, it's like I've always like one girl is just like I've always been like this dark skinned fat girl who no one could love. And I just thought I needed to change all these things. And then I realized, wait, no, I can love myself there. I mean, wow. it's just outstanding. There's this trans girl who comes on and is like backflipping and doing splits and just kicking so much ass. Um, they're just, it's just gorgeous. Wow. And okay. I need to watch you, this. You really like fall in love with each one of these girls. You're rooting for them and you can see them, you can see their mistakes. Right. And what mm-hmm. I love about the show is between Lizzo and like her team, they're really highlighting, like you can do anything you fucking want. And there's a standard for those who want to do this thing. Okay. And I love that combination, right. Where it's like, Oh, don't tell me you can't do it. Like if you can't do it, you know what I'm saying? You're not supposed to, you're not going to be here. We're going right. to go ahead and send you on home, but with a lot of love and respect, right? Right, right. Um, and it's not because you can't, you know, it's because you're not there yet or whatever, right? right? But it's also 
on a physical level for my body to watch these girls do what they were doing was really good for me. Right. Uh-huh. Just like, right. Like I, I still even now hold so many thoughts in my mind about what I can and can't do that are related to being Size. fat. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, bitch, you're a fat girl who has severe arthritis. <laughs> but like, if you can get that arthritis in check, if you can do some of the joint health stuff, like so many of these physical movements are still available to it's me. True. And that's so exciting. And like, I've been getting this feeling when I go swim, like every time I come out of the pool, <laughs> like someone at the pool is like, wow, you swim so incredibly. Like yeah. you're such a good swimmer. You're such a beautiful swimmer. And it always like, makes that's me laugh. I'm a mermaid, bitch. I'm like, first of all, I'm a mermaid. <laughs> but also I'm like, I know that part of why you're saying that is because there's just this wonder, like to see a big person able to do something that we've been socialized to think they can't do. Totally. can't do well. Totally. It actually produces a wonder, right? Um, and they're, so having this, a flume of awe. they're having a flume of awe. They're literally having a flume of awe watching me swim. And I had a flume of awe watching this show where I was yes. just like, I... I love seeing this. It makes me want to dance. And it made me, I did dance. I stood up and danced along with the show several times. Oh my God, I love like, that. Like it really, really is moving. And you know, when we went to see her in concert, like she's she's such a healing oh, presence, right? Yes. Like the things that she does where she's like, let's gather up all the love in this room and tuck it into our hearts. Like I still remember I know, that, I'm that like, feeling. She's got such a somatic sensibility. She does. And- my friend Rashida Khan Bay is on there as one of the guest teachers, teaching them to do like sensual okay. movement. And that was also amazing because we're you having Bay friends is, on TV. Yes. I'm I'm getting to this place now where I'm like, oh, that's my, my friend. friend. <laughs> my yeah. friend was in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but people I really look up to, right? Yeah. I'm just like, this is so exciting. Rashida, during the pandemic, Rashida came and did a, a workshop for some of the goddesses. Oh, um, yes. And it was like that same feeling of like, right, we all need to be given these tools with which to worship ourselves. Right. And totally feel ourselves. So I am a big fan. I want mm. everyone to watch it. Okay. You don't have to be someone who identifies in any way as a big person. You really can just be a person in a body. Yeah. And you'll you get a lot from it. Just watch it because <laughs> it's relevant material. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so beautiful. Yay, sister. All right. Let's leave it there. No, and we're going to pick it right back up. Spank it. <laughs> Spank it. Slap it. Spank it. Spank it. Slap it. Slap it. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't say. Okay. We're on Twitter Sorry. and Instagram at End of the World PC. We're also on Facebook at End of the World Show. You can make a sustaining donation to Spank our it. show Spank by it. visiting our page at patreon.com slash End of the World, world Show. show. Another incredible thing you can do to help our show sustain itself is to write us a review on Apple Podcasts if you're an iPhone person or just like, yeah, you could post about it on the internet or you could like send us an email. Thank you. How to Survive the End of the World is produced and edited by the wonderful Zach Rosen and transcribed by the sweet and tender Jess Pinkham. Music for today's show comes from <laughs> Tunde Alaniran and Mother Cyborg. Mmm. Slap it. Slap it. <laughs> <laughs> that giddiness ain't going nowhere, so. It's really not.